are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker. That is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. Greetings. Happy Friday. Thanks for tuning in here today on Westwood One. We are underway with the Steve Day Show podcast powered by CRTV. Thank you to those of you that have already subscribed on iTunes and Stitcher. If you've not yet done so, we would appreciate it if you would. Those of you that have left us positive reviews, it's literally been hundreds of you. We thank you so much. But we have so many more people that download this podcast each day than just hundreds of you. So if more of you would be willing to do that, it definitely helps us to grow our audience. And if we grow the audience more, that makes it easier for us to keep this podcast free by convincing our benevolent overlords at CRTV to underwrite the cost on your behalf. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. We'll get to your feedback here on a Feedback Friday in a moment, but uh, we just wrapped up taping the Dace Group Weekly Roundtable for CRTV. Let's give the audience a little preview. Aaron. I'm glad we threw in the last topic that we did in there, and you'll have to watch the TV show um, to, to, uh, to, to see what that was all about. Because uh, the rest of the show, it's uh, the rest of the show. It's just reality. I would like to say it's depressing, but it's just reality. Um, talking about um, the quote-unquote gun debate that's not really a debate. Talking about uh, the passing, which is you know the passing of Billy Graham, and and having a conversation about whether or not our culture can produce men like Billy Graham. Um, it's. I would like to say it's depressing, but you can't let reality depress you. Otherwise, you're doing something wrong. Um, but the, yeah, the rest of the show was just talking about reality, and sometimes that's uncomfortable, so I'm glad we had the last topic in there. Todd? Um, I learned that it, it, there's an interesting paradox, I think, too, that, that, that just the terror of even having to talk about the gun thing again. I mean, it, it's not fun but is there ever a time where collectively uh the country talks more actually talks more about the constitution than during these times uh, other other than the uh r- r- religious freedom moments we've had I, I i think the answer is no so there's an opportunity there but uh our conversation about guns was more about predicting what will happen and that's where the opportunity uh, and, and, and an opportunity, I say personally, to take it, advantage of the situation and hopefully hopefully throw some light into it. When it comes to predicting on this level, uh, my hope goes away. I, I just do not trust my instincts at all on where this goes going forward, largely because of the fickle, fickleness of the GOP. Well, if you want to watch today's Dace Group Roundtable, reviewing uh, the past week of major headlines, CRTV.com is where it will be posted later today. And you can access it there if you're a subscriber to CRTV. If you're not yet, then you can use my name as a promo code, Dace, D-E-A-C-E. My name is a promo code. will get you a discounted subscription to CRTV, which doesn't just get you access to our show, but also all of the programming we offer every day here on CRTV from Steven Crowder, Mark Levin, the great one to more. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. All right, let's get to some of the feedback. 
that we have set aside to discuss here today on a Feedback Friday. This is a long note, but I think by the time I get done with it, you're, you're going to appreciate the fact I chose to share it with you, okay? So this is an attempt to get all of us more informed on a very hot topic going on in America at the moment. This is from Angela Floyd, who writes, I worked as a cryptologic linguist and intelligence analyst for 17 years, both in the military and as a defense contractor. Here's what I explained to friends who have asked my opinion about FISA, warrants, the Steele dossier, etc. Some of it's pretty basic. Some of it, I think, is going to be useful to you and your audience. Number one, classified information does not equal embarrassing information. The justification of the Steele dossier being classified seems to be solely because it was used as the basis of a FISA warrant request that became classified. Prior to that, there was no reason for the Steele dossier to be classified. It was political opposition research and no more. Sources and methods information is what it sounds like. Where does the information come from and how was it obtained? Using political opposition research as the basis for a FISA request is questionable and risky at best and should require confirmation by another means. Was there confirmation by another means? Meaning, did they have anything corroborating to go to a judge with and say, other than this partisan paid for dossier, we have this corroborating evidence that shows this may not just be hackery, but legitimate uh, problematic issues. The FISA court was established in 1978 in the wake of the Church Commission to prevent intelligence community abuses, particularly for political gain. Remember, we had gone through an era in the 60s where we found out J. Edgar Hoover was spying on Martin Luther King Jr., the Kennedys, political opponents, etc. The standard for approving a FISA warrant of surveillance collection against a U.S. citizen is by deliberate action high to prevent its abuse. Such a warrant has to be reviewed every 90 days upon two criteria. One, is it still needed? And has it produced viable intelligence? If the answer to either is no, there is to be no renewal. An agent of a foreign power can be a person, is a person who can be an agent of a foreign power without even knowing it, knowing it or knowing it. Carter Page, in 2013, four years before the Steele dossier and the FISA warrant in question, Carter Page was peripherally involved in an FBI counterintelligence investigation. The FBI surveillance captured against Russian agents referred to Carter Page as a fool. At the time, it would seem that he was an unwitting agent of a foreign power at best. He was then interviewed by the FBI because of that, and the Russians either either fled or in some cases went to prison. Now, how did Carter Page become involved in the Trump campaign and on whose behalf and why? This memo does not explain, meaning the Nunez memo, does not explain this well, and I suspect that information has been redacted. It's very important, but it may also be based on sources and methods that legitimately need protecting, and so we may never see it unless the FISA warrant application itself is released. And of course, I'm throwing this in, a president can can declassify almost anything at any point in time that he wants. HPSCI, if your audience has heard this acronym, it stands for the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, meaning that's who's overseeing this. The Steele dossier is a report based on information collected by former MI6 and now private citizen Christopher Steele on behalf of Fusion GPS and in turn on behalf of the Clinton campaign, the Democratic National Committee. 
The report contains information that in some cases is unflattering and in others refers to alleged illegal behavior by Donald Trump. The most important thing about this isn't what Steele alleged, but that this dossier was used as the foundation for a FISA warrant application at all. It should not have been. The FISA warrant also used a Yahoo News article from September as a separate basis for the warrant. That news article was itself based on information provided by Christopher Steele to Yahoo News, which is what it says in the Nunez memo. He also provided information to other media organizations, always at the behest of Fusion GPS, the company that had contracted him to do the opposition research on Trump. The FBI used Christopher Steele, his dossier, and media leaks as multiple points of information upon which to base a FISA warrant. In truth, these were all from a single source. It's sloppy and unprofessional at best. It is absolutely dubious and negligent. It is potentially criminal if the parties who signed for these FISA warrants knew that. Then Director James Comey signed three FISA applications in question on behalf of the FBI, and Deputy Director Andrew McCabe signed one of them. Sally Yates, then Acting Deputy Attorney General, uh, Dana Buente, I think that's how that's pronounced, and Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, each signed one or more FISA applications on behalf of the Department of Justice. Rod Rosenstein is department is the deputy attorney general for Donald Trump, by the way. <clears throat> the FBI terminated Christopher Steele as a source of intelligence. The FBI did not notify the FISA court about this. The FBI also did not notify the FISA court that Associate Deputy Attorney General Bruce Orr was a friend of Christopher Steele, nor that Orr's wife herself was an employee of Fusion GPS and participated in the opposition research against Donald Trump. After the FBI terminated Christopher Steele as an intelligence source, assessed his reporting only minimally corroborated, or an intelligence source assessed his reporting as only minimally corroborated, meaning it lacked corroboration substantive outside of the dossier itself. It does not appear that this information was provided to the FISA court. How long did the FISA warrant therefore remain in effect afterwards? This is not revealed. This quote from the Nunez memo should be bolded, underlined, and printed in red ink. Quote, while the FISA application relied on Steele's past record of credible reporting on other unrelated matters, it ignored or concealed his anti-Trump financial and ideological motivations. Furthermore, Deputy Director McCabe testified before the committee in December 2017 that no surveillance warrant would have been sought from the court without the Steele dossier information, unquote. Finally, Angela says, do I think that this information needs to be declassified and released? Yes. Gentlemen, your thoughts on what we just shared from one of our listeners. I think it's very illuminating. Um, it is. It does uh, open up some a little bit more context as to what... Um, uh, what some of some of the terms that we've been hearing are uh, some misconceptions, particularly classified, does not necessarily mean it's going to embarrass somebody. Um, uh, the, the Nunez the, the Nunez memo was classified, um, and it it, it and it did. I mean, it, it had the effect. It was it had a political effect. Uh, but there were not, uh, to my knowledge, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not trained in this area. But to my knowledge, it didn't dox any of our uh, spies. It didn't uh, put any Americans' lives in danger. 
Uh, so classified doesn't always mean uh, that it, that there's a lot riding on whatever it is that is that's classified. So that's a good um, good thing as well. But the main the main thing is is this: we still need to see the FISA applications, don't we? Yes, I think that's the only way, only way that we know of right now, unless another piece of evidence is presented, which is possible. As of what everything we know right now, the only way we can truly come to the truth of this is the declassification of the FISA warrants and their original applications. Nothing has come forward yet that would provide us clarity except for that action. Uh, she gets it. Uh, in She hardly mentioned anything, if if anything, about... Trump, Russia, etc. It was all about process, which, as you, if you'll recall, that was the thing I was and have been most interested in from the very, very beginning. The the weaponizing of these FISA courts. Uh, it is look, our our courts, our regular courts, have already been weaponized against us, mm-hmm. and there is, in theory, f- false sunlight on what's going on there. Here, cloaked in shadow. You, you really think we have a shot? And that's and that's that's what's so uh, disconcerting. We're we're going to be more interested. Listen, if there's real there there on Trump, Russia, all that stuff, a- absolutely, ferret it out. But I I still don't believe, based on what my gut tells me, the there there is. It's not even close to as consequential as allowing these courts to continue to go forward unfettered. I think there's only, and you guys can correct me if you think I'm wrong, I, I think there's only two people that can bring us to ultimate clarity on this. One is Donald Trump, and the other is Bob Mueller. And I'm, I'm not sure that despite the power they have, to get us to that point that this thing has just not become so incredibly politicized that the fact they were the instruments or the tools in order to come to clarity wouldn't immediately cause those whom the clarity is inconvenient for to have reason to just say, I'm, I'm not buying that. I, I just want to believe my mythology on this one way or the other. Exactly. Either way. Exactly. You agree with that? Exactly. What do you think, Aaron? I agree. I, but we're not adults, though, so we can't make up our own minds. So let's just keep wildly speculating about all of this until Jesus comes back. <laughs> and the size of the smoking gun that it would require to shatter the paradigm you just mentioned would have to be so large as to be almost unbelievable uh, that, you know, we, we, we found the email with Trump and Putin talking back and forth and back and forth, and they... Let want, me, they started you're you're right, you're right. I mean, you got to have... The evidence is going to have to be pretty overwhelming. All right, and, and let me posit an alternative theory. What if Mueller comes back with 
because of Trump's business dealings, he is more prone and vulnerable. Look at payoffs to women, bankruptcies. He is more prone and vulnerable to blackmail, intrigue, espionage, leverage by foreign agents and government than any president we've ever elected. And he led he let those instruments. I mean, they just filed more charges on Paul Manafort yesterday. They just filed more charges on Manafort's number one guy, Rick Gates, yesterday. These are people that Donald Trump, regardless of whether you voted for him or not, you like him or not, you think he's the bee's knees or uh, the swamp thing, he let those people that everybody knew were shady going in, he let them right through the front door. And what if Mueller comes back with that? What if that's the big revelation? What if the big revelation is... Now, and, and in fairness to Donald Trump, we've not had... I don't believe we've had a president come directly from the private sector to the White House since Lincoln. I think everybody since Lincoln has either was either in a pre-existing elected office or they were in the military. So I got to imagine if we elected Jeff Bezos... Mark Zuckerberg, pick a pick a global tycoon who's doing business in countries all over. I mean, if Phil Knight of Nike got elected, how many stories would we see about preteen girls in Taiwan that get paid 30 cents a day to make his $300 an hour or $300 a pair of sneakers? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know anybody that we could have that we could elect that was that successful globally from a business standpoint would not have a, a Dealings, relationships that would make us go, that just it's sketch. I'm not. I'm not happy with that. But when we've got the president's personal attorney paying out out of his own pocket after lying about it, hundreds of thousands of dollars to silence porn stars for having tryst with the president. What if Mueller's big revelation is that this guy is highly vulnerable? To being leveraged by third parties. What's the reaction to that? Do you have a cricket sound back there, Aaron? So I it, nothing. Yeah. By the way, when I ask that question, I have no expectation no, for no. your answer. I'm genuinely yeah, curious. No, nothing. Yeah, it's Trump could walk out on Fifth Street and shoot somebody. I, it's yeah. When you were talking, I had the vision of the, the it, let's d- dust off the woman with the t-shirt and you can grab me by the hoo-ha. Yeah. That, nothing. Okay. Because I think that's possible. I think that could be what a final report from Bob Mueller could say. Something like that. That, that has the risk of looking more embarrassing to Robert Mueller. You think so? Okay. Because, really, that's what you came back with, the FBI guy? It was something we all knew and we voted for him anyways kind of thing? Well, I mean, in, I'm, I'm, in fairness, the guy's putting people in prison as we speak. I mean, the, the guy that was the president, the guy that helped the president of the United States get elected to the office is oh, going to go to prison. That's, that's hardly a, a, a small, that, that's hardly a, a, an innocent, you know, triangulation, tri, triangulated detail. I know, and I'm I'm not a Trump apologist. I know. I just, I know. I just it's not. Yeah, 
crummy human being surrounded by yeah he not only he's a crummy human being and we okay. still said okay all right because I, I, i'm just again i i'm i'm curious because i think that's a possibility of how this ends i mean they don't the people say okay yeah bad character surrounds himself with bad character i mean if that 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 can't be the sum total of what a special counsel comes up with. We I think it, well, it's not the sum total of what he's come up with. I'm talking about the sum total of what he's come up with as it pertains to Donald Trump. Yes. Okay. There's the sum total of what he's come up with, and then there's the sum total of what he's come up with specifically sure, where Trump sure. is concerned. The sum total of what he's come up with, I mean, even Fox News yesterday put out a tweet of the amount of people he has indicted, prosecuted, et cetera. This is not a trivial affair by any reasonable stretch of the imagination, and it's gone down in less than a year. Okay. But there's the difference of what he has done aside from Trump. Or, and then there is the difference of what may or may not happen directly with Trump. And so I'm only addressing that latter part. That no, latter part I'm saying, what if, what, what if at the end, when people say, when you're done, and, and Montefort's in prison, and yada, yada, yada. So what did this tell us about Donald Trump? And I could see a scenario where his final report is, President of the United States, through his shady business dealings, it's exceedingly vulnerable to blackmail, leverage, etc., and is already on record as paying people off to that effect. Okay. <laughs> okay. Turn the page. I just, really. I, all right, all right. You got me, Bob. Steele. I don't we'll even move think, on. It, we're, yes, I'm feeling like a number right now. Man, arrests. Sending people to prison. I'm going to Catman do. I'm sorry, I keep going. I'm oh, the, I'm well, Bob even, kick now. even that though. Um, ultimately, inconsequential in terms of changing the political system. Uh, no, notice I'm not arguing with you. The, I'm not, the I'm public's not, overall sense you, of justice. You, you realize I'm not debating no, this point I, with you. I'm, I'm genuinely curious what your thoughts this are. This is I, well, I'm, I'm interviewing you. Actually, I'm not is, even debating. This it. is the saddest conversation you and I have ever had. On. I mean, no, it, there, it's it's a hopeless conversation. That something we're spending this much time and resources on should matter. It's not going to matter. Even yeah, putting those people away, um, justice will be served on some level, but not in any in a micro sense, not in a macro sense. People, this is. Do you think he gained not, any back any credibility from the indictments last Friday, the revelations of these Russian nationals that were holding pro-Trump, anti-Trump rallies, which is a classic KGB tactic to work both sides of the street to destabilize and turn a culture on itself. That they were they were putting out pro-Bernie Sanders propaganda, etc. Did he earn back any of the credibility debt that he, that his probe has taken in the last month from what happened last Friday? Because we have not even had a with since the shooting in Parkland, we've not even had a chance to even talk about that. Really, yes. Do you think he's earned back any credibility shot that he took with what happened last Friday? Only if this thing gets wrapped up because of it, because that felt like a parting salvo. I this, if this just keeps marching on, no. Okay. What do you think, Aaron? Um, I. Yeah, what Todd said. This is Aaron's going all Phil Collins over here. I don't care anymore. Anymore. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I. It's like. Uh, trying to discuss like uh, Fort, you know, North Dogwood Tech, uh, a late August game against Alabama. They're down by you know fifty six points in the fourth quarter, and we're discussing. Well, you know, they could uh, they could run this route or do this play, and you know maybe they'll, they'll score and pour, uh, you know to pull to within thirty. It doesn't matter. None of this matters. It's don't care anymore. Okay. Um, this is a note from Melanie. 
She writes, I've spent my entire life being the kid that nobody likes. After Columbine, people were sure I'd be next. Growing up in California, I'd never even seen a gun. People always joke that it's going to be me. I've never shot anyone. I didn't learn how to shoot until I moved to Kentucky, where I bought a 22 to learn to learn with since I've become a gun enthusiast. After moving to Nevada, I was very excited about my acquisition of an AR-15 with a detachable magazine that held more than 10 rounds. I spent a lot of years in California. Uh, little freedoms make me happy. People still think I'm weird. I still pass the background checks. I still haven't shot anyone. The big problem I see in what you're suggesting is that it, meaning about why didn't anybody act with this young man is concerned is that it veers into pre-crime territory. You're talking about denying rights to someone for something they haven't done. Were those remarks of sarcasm, passion, or genuine indicators of premeditation? What potential to commit murder is enough to deny someone their rights? Is it a permanent denial or a temporary one? What if any appeals is a person entitled to. Then you get to the mental health issue and similar problems arise. If you seek treatment for postpartum depression, do you lose your rights for life until the kids reach adulthood or until you're considered treated? I'm sure gender disorder will get a pass, but what about an eating disorder? How many clinicians does it take to strip a person of their rights? Is one enough or will it take a panel? Is it for life or are there appeals? Based on what I'm seeing all over my Facebook feed, the only acceptable solution is repeal of the Second Amendment accompanied by four confiscation. It's nice to see people are finally getting honest about what they want so that we can quit playing games about hunting with automatic weapons, ghost gun magazine clips, and buying guns through Amazon. That's a debate I'm willing to have. Here's the thing about, here's my reaction when Melanie just said. There's a lot of people who aren't gun grabbers. But don't understand why Melanie, people like Melanie need to own an AR-15 at the exact same time. Who aren't anti-Second Amendment. Just don't come from the quote-unquote gun culture, don't understand the terminology, etc. And when they're going to read that, they're, they're people you cannot afford to lose. Let me, let me put this very bluntly. I mean, and I'm going to be real blunt more than normal you can have all the God given rights you want you can claim them all you want if you don't have the freedom to access them it's words on a page okay did our founding fathers have God given rights before Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence or did Thomas Jefferson's Declaration of Independence give them their God given rights well those, exi- those rights existed before they wrote the Declaration how much access did they have to them until they declared their own independence, until they committed a political action? So the reality is you can claim all the God-given rights you want unless you're literally willing to fight your government that won't recognize them. You don't have them. Now, we have a process and a system in place by which we don't have to go to that extreme every time there's an argument or a debate or a hysteria. It's getting increasingly difficult to access that process, mainly because our media sucks. Okay? But that person who watched those body bags being taken out last Friday and has never read or cared about 
status disarming the citizens to take over. Doesn't know what an Antonio Gramsci is. You see where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. When they read what Melanie writes, they're going to say, so your solution is nothing? Your solution is nothing. And they will have the same frustration Melanie has when she says, so your solution is to confiscate my guns? On one hand, we cannot look at the local law enforcement in Broward County and say, 39 times you were warned, and then turn around and say, well, what were they supposed to do? That would be pre-crime. See, what's happening here isn't about guns. It's about government. Everybody is losing so much faith that government can do and perform adequately and fairly and justly the basic functions we all used to rely on it to do that that we are simultaneously asking it to do nothing and everything at the same time. And that's where you get people saying, Trump's a fascist, but give him your guns. That's where you get people on our side saying, how did a crazy guy buy a gun? Well, but... I don't, want him, I don't want him screening me as crazy. And so there's inertia. Nothing happens. Let me tell you what happens when nothing happens. The statists always win. They're always going to whip up more hysteria than we, capable, we are capable of. They love the inaction. You'll see it on Capitol Hill the rest of this year. Republicans will go out of their way to sell out on this issue. Democrats won't do it. They want the issue. It's all Same thing with immigration. It's all or nothing because we just want to campaign on the issue. And I, I, if Melanie's listening, I have all of her concerns. But if we're at a point now that we are saying to each other, government going to your house, not once, not twice. I, I grew up with a wife-beating dad, man. I had the cops in my house plenty of times. If we're at the point now that 39 warnings isn't enough for us to say somebody needs to head that off at the pass right now, then I, I, I anybody know what the real estate market in Greenland is? Do you know? What's, is, which one is the warmer one? Is it ice? Actually, Iceland's the warmer one, right? It's, the, it's a misnomer. Greenland's the one where it's Antarctica all the time, and Iceland's the one where they actually have seasons. What's the real estate market in Iceland? We're done. We're done here. If we're at a point now that we're so paranoid... That a guy who puts on his wall, on his Instagram, 39 times gets the attention of local law enforcement. And we're still not comfortable with the, our law enforcement agencies disarming this guy. Then I don't know, then we have no solutions left. We trust nothing anymore on any level whatsoever. Then why are we still doing this thing? Because if we can't come to a place where we think government law enforcement one and the same should have stopped this guy with that many warnings i promise you that is a giant leap to confiscation because the reason we're having the argument of confiscation right now it's like congressman thomas massey tweeted to donald trump yesterday why are my rights being denied why are you trying to deny my rights well apparently because government ignored 39 warnings is apparently the answer If we don't have an answer on our side for the proper role of government here, you may not like what I'm saying. Okay. I don't really like it when the weatherman told me three days in a row we're going to have a damn ice storm either. But does he control the weather? He's just telling me what's going to happen. This isn't my preference for how the world works. My preference would be Jesus came back 10 minutes ago. 
and just dealt with all this. I don't, I'm not in control of the world. I don't make things even happen in the world. I'm just telling you how the world works by watching it and observing it. If we are going to go out publicly, guys, and make the argument that with all these warning signs, this kid should not have been disarmed, then the other side's going to say, that's why then the only answer is confiscation. So we better come up with something. That's why I did this exercise last week. Can we, and we, before we even knew about the 39 instances and all the other stuff, what was the question I asked last Friday? We have to be prepared to answer to the world how a guy who was on the threat, all we knew at last Friday when we did this conversation was what? He was on the threat list at the school board, right? That's all we knew at that time. Now look at how many warning signs we have. Are there, what are the, are, are there, uh, there have to be some. There have to be some. At this point, government can't save you. Arm yourself. That's, that's the argument now, isn't it? Now that we have all this extra information. Yeah, but if we don't come up with another argument, they're not going to let you arm yourself. That's my point. They're going to take them away. That's how this works. We better have some good arguments. And we better have a better... I, I don't disagree with any of Mel, Melanie's laments. That's why I read her email. But if we run out into the culture with that, the culture's going to... So your answer, your response is then to do nothing. 39 times the cops were, went to his house and you guys still think if we took his guns away, that means we're robbing guns from every single mom. I'm sorry, that's a ridiculous premise for us to argue. But if you guys disagree, the floor is yours. You may have it. Then I don't think that maybe we live in a country there where we're capable of having firearms because 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 what i'm hearing if if this is if this is going to be the response from the culture and i don't doubt that it would be your your guys's response is to do nothing they live in a different reality they live in a different world they don't live in reality they don't they don't i guess understand that that evil is out there they don't want personal responsibility and Aaron, then if, maybe, this was, if this was your next door neighbor, you wouldn't want the cops to have arrested him by now? You wouldn't want the cops to disarm him by now? If this, if the shooter was the next door neighbor? If, he, if this was your neighborhood, your school, yeah, you wouldn't want, you wouldn't want the cops to have stopped him after 39 how, attempts. How are you getting that out of what I just said? I'm not. That's, I, I, I want to make sure you're not saying that. That's no, why I'm no. clarifying that. Yeah. Okay. But I think what we're, the, the point that I'm trying, trying to make is... Uh, Maybe we just live in a world, in a country full of people who are willing, um, willing to trade in firearms for the promise that, there's, that their kid doesn't get shot. They're falling for a lie. Maybe they're ready and willing to fall for that lie. I think the number of those people is growing. I don't think it's as much as the media would like, and that's why they're politicizing kids, because kids are a more hopeful, innocent symbol of the, to argue their point than they are. I do think if we, have, if we argue the way Melanie articulates, we will create more. If, if, we, if we argue that there's really not a preempt... Well, let me stop here. Do you think I'm misconstruing Melanie's email? Because it seems to me the, the gist of her email is... There is no premeditated action that could have been taken here. Do we agree with that? I don't agree with that. 
You, I, but maybe you do. Todd, do you agree with there was no premeditated action that could have been taken here? No, I don't agree. Aaron, do you agree I, with I that? don't agree with that. All right. But that seems to be what Melanie is arguing. And if that is your argument, Mel, I'm just telling you, that argument is going to lose you your guns unless you're willing to fight your government for them. Well, and I just don't think it's, it's ultimately, it's not intellectually consistent. I had a conversation online uh, with a former colleague of mine about this, and he, he's, he, it was the day after or the day of, and he said, well, the right to bear arms isn't absolute. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. It is absolutely absolute. But we kept the conversation going because he and I, while we disagree, we actually are that, that kind of pair that can have a conversation. I said, but it is not unlimited. And that, that's not, you know, I'm, I have no interest in parsing to, to be too smart by half. The, it's not unlimited in the, in the sense we, we have obvious rules, just like with driving. And it's arbitrary, but we have a rule. You, you get your driver's license at 16. But here in the state of Iowa, you get your permit at 14. Mm-hmm. And the state where I grew up, Wisconsin, it's, it's 15. The, are those arbitrary? Y- yeah. To some degree, but we have them because we say we we have to have a draw a line a marker where we uh, believe that there is some. I mean, we do it in the church, age of consent, things like that. Um, uh, so it is it is not unlimited with with gun ownership. Do we not believe that there is some age, even though arbitrary, where it's legal to own? Is it it, it, it we we call it a. a, a adulthood 18 but do we not believe that there's certain times where a, a, a permit is appropriate and an eight-year-old a 16-year-old uh are those reasonable conversations to have so the answer is obviously yes to me if you can have a if you can have your driver's license suspended or revoked because of behavior which you can why isn't the same thing true for uh, uh, infractions reviving gun I, I lo- ownership. I love, so, you, I love how you put ab- absolute and, li- and unlimited. Un- unlimited are two different things. Yes. You have an absolute right to free speech, but if you yell fire in a crowded yes, theater and cause a point. trampling in someone to die, you have abused that right. It's not unlimited. Right. It is absolute from a fundamental standpoint. Yes. Fundamentally, God gave you the right to think and speak for yourself. <clears throat> but it's not unlimited in that if you use that speech to damage the person unfairly or another or cause harm to them then you have abused that right that's what you're getting at yeah. <clears throat> and but, gun, gun owners should be proud and willing to say our bar for uh our for gun ownership is very high we love this right we appreciate that's, that's this right point, we don't that, take it for granted that's the point i made on hln after the vegas shooting because carol costello was like well what's the point of having private she tried to have it both ways we take away the guns, and then, well, the gun owners that were sitting there didn't stop this from happening. And I'm like, actually, you gave a really good case for private gun ownership. Because you, you guys is on the left's argument all the time is, if we do concealed carry and all this stuff, it'll be wild, wild west. Hmm. Well, here we have the ultimate test, a country music concert How many con- in Nevada. How many concealed carry permits do you think were, 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 at, were initiated during that event? And yet we did not see, with people's lives in danger, a bunch of immature, irresponsible gun owners firing up into the air, not knowing who the target was, mm-hmm. creating untold collateral damage even worse than the, mass, the massacre we already saw. That was that, that was the point I made to her in that mm-hmm. clip, if you remember that. That's actually an argument for my position. You're not arguing. Again, you're arguing my position for me. Mm-hmm. actually did it better than I could have done. Here's the thing. I, I'm not in the something must be done. 
What was the column I wrote last Friday at USA Today? I didn't say something must be done. Was that the column I wrote? No. What did I say? It says, yes. let's have a conversation. You want to have a conversation? Let's have it. Let's be honest about what we really think, what we really believe, where we're coming from. Let's have a conversation. Here's the conversation we're having. Many of their voices are essentially confiscation or nothing. Well, now you know that now. It's a useful exercise to know where you truly stand, number one. Number two, you're never going to hear me say something must be done. I have railed against that my entire political career. The worst ideas in human history, as I've always said, almost always follow the word something must be done. Okay? I'm never in that camp. <clears throat> but we can't sit here. So that's a separate issue. Because what happened here is the system failed. It had upteen warnings that this was going to go down. Just as in the case of Klebold and Harris at Columbine, their families failed. They didn't have munition stashes over by a water tower. They were doing this in their homes. Their families failed. The adults failed there. The adults on multiple levels failed here. However, if we want to make the argument to the culture, more gun control is not needed. Law enforcement and adults and government doing the job we want it to do is what's required. We then cannot turn around and say, well, well, you know, I really don't want them to premeditatively go after people like that. You see, we can't do that. Let me tell you what the only losing argument we have is. Nothing. Argue for nothing. And I promise you, you'll either be handing over your guns to a government official or you'll be fighting it out with them in the streets in the years to come. I promise. We have to, we, we have to allow government to do what we actually called it to do. If 39 warnings, if we're at the, that's why I said at the beginning of this whole conversation, if we're at the point now that 39 warnings still doesn't kick beyond our paranoia for government, then don't live in this country anymore. You're wasting your time here. If you can't trust your government fundamentally on that level, why the hell are you still here? If everything we now know about this guy didn't, has, isn't causing you as a gun owner to say, why the hell didn't they arrest this kid a long time ago? then we have no help no, or no hope. If we're not willing as conservatives to permit government to do that which is its God-given role, then it will go and do all the things that are not its God-given role. That is the lesson of history. We are not for no government. We are for limited government. Limited to what? to what the Constitution lays out as its enumerated powers as revealed by God's providential will through history. And if I had just gotten this email from Melanie, I would not have even had this conversation. I've actually gotten this feedback frequently. This is the, this is the only argument we could make. I promise we will lose. They are looking for straw men. They are looking for agate prop. So by, by, by golly, yes, you be, be the guy who jumps on my Facebook wall and yells at Reagan for banning machine guns 30 years ago. 
That's that's what they're looking for. You're their commercial. Here's your sign. Tell me because I'm socially awkward. I don't I don't want the police to get into the realm where a kid who's clearly disturbed with multiple evidences. I I, I don't want him doing pre-crime. That sounds like a Philip Dick novel, Minority Report. It's not pre-crime. When you've been called 39 times! If our answer is nothing, we are going to lose the argument, I promise. Final thoughts on anything. Not just what I said, but anything else that comes to mind. Uh, well, just to be clear, everything that was said is is not uh, to be uh, mistaken for all of the suggestions that are brought up by the left in reaction to all, not almost all, all none of them ever specifically address the circumstances at hand. There's not one silver bullet that anybody's confronted regarding the law that needs to be passed that would have taken care of them. Almost always, the law is currently in existence. So you, you, you go out and point all that out. That That is different from nothing. That is getting, instead of us being the one hugging our own straw men, that's blowing up theirs. That's not doing nothing. You should do that. And then after that, you say, instead of nana, nana, boo, boo, you're a bunch of idiots, And but I'm, I'm still all ears. Uh, so I say that because I read the comments that Steve is talking about after the stories he wrote, and there's people out there that saying I I should be able to allow, I should be allowed to own a bazooka. They they say that with a straight face and they think they're Paul Revere, they're morons. I don't want to take their rights away, um, but they're morons. We're not ever going to be better off if we ask. The government, I, I'm preaching to the choir. The more we ask the government to do, the less better off we are, especially when you look at this situation and you see what they should have been doing. This is the argument that we can make, and that was the argument I think that, that, um, that Shannon was trying to make last week as well. If you want an argument for the government doing more, then let's make it local. Doing this at the federal level, FBI failed twice in this. There were just one government agency that failed. They failed multiple times. Local police failed 39 times. A coward failed once and 17 people are dead. You want to make an argument here, pro-gun, it has to be anti-government. I think it's as simple as that. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm trying to help you win your arguments. Okay? I'm trying to help you win your arguments. Just as it doesn't help the left, and it's not helping them now to come off as the crank Marxists that they really are. You do not want to come off sounding like a nutter. That's the agate prop they're looking for. Our buddy Bob Vanderplatz. 
does this thing at his events where he breaks the crowd for lunch. And he'll always give this warning. He says, now, our friends in the press are looking for a particular... He'll say this right from the podium. Our friends at the press are looking for a particular narrative about us. Don't be the one that gives them the story they want. See where I'm going with this? Oh, yes. Don't give them the one. Don't be the one that gives them the story they want. Because we're going to win this argument. Unless we do. If it's, if it's based on history and reason and logic, we will win. If it is based on emotion, I promise we will not. Have a great weekend. Don't forget CRTV.com, promo code DACE. And we love to know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Have a great weekend. Until Monday, John 317. Steve Dace. I like it, you.